Season 1, Episode 64, 64, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John Chapter 10, the Gospel of John Chapter 10, verses 1 through 42. Right, uh, in Chapter 10, we have, I would say we have three settings. Uh, the first setting, um, which is... John chapter 10, verse 1 through 21. And then the second setting is also in Jerusalem. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 22 through um, 39. And then just uh, the last uh, two and a half verses, uh, uh, John chapter 10, verse 39. Therefore they sought again to take him, to kill Jesus. And he escaped out of their hands and went away, excuse me, went away beyond Jordan into a place where John at first baptized. And there he abode. So beyond Jordan would be, I think, east of Jordan, out in the, by the Jordan River, good fresh water, I guess good fishing, whatever, but, um, but uh, a place to rest and recoup. Uh, verse 41, and many resorted unto Jesus, or came to him, where John baptized on the Jordan, and said, John did no miracles, but all things that this man spake, that John spake of this man, were true, and many believed on him there. So we have uh, three settings, uh, continuation of chapter 9, the, the healed the blind guy, and that goes up to verse 21, uh, and that's just a continuation there in Jerusalem. And then we have a couple of months go by, and then we have uh, the Feast of Dedication, which is at that time not a feast of... Uh, Pilgrimage, not a required feast. Uh, it's in the winter, so that would make it, I think, before uh, the next Passover. And um, what else? He, um, well, yeah, and today it's known as Hanukkah. Okay, so that's my study here. Uh, I, th I think I said earlier in a podcast that I thought he was in the last week of his life and that we would see, well, this gap here from uh, from John 22 to 24 um, well John John chapter 10 verse 22 and it was at Jerusalem the feast of dedication and it was winter this is a gap so John's gospel um, differs from Matthew Mark and Luke their synoptic gospels which pretty much follow a summary uh, and uh, kind of agree, uh, well, anyway, take the summary approach. While I would call John's gospel pretty much a highlight reel to accomplish his goal as stated in the second to last chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, in the last verse of the second to last chapter of John, John 20, 31, where he says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ 
And that believing, you might have life through his name. Uh, the might is, are you going to believe or not? And we're going to see uh, a parade of people that say he has a devil, that want to kill him, that want to stone him, and others that are going, he's, this is a good man. So I don't know which side you're going to come down on this, but you got to pick a side. Um, and I did that 48 years ago, as I say in almost every podcast. I went to that Bible study hating God, but when I heard the gospel of the grace of God, it's not of works, lest any man should boast, you can't brag about it. Oh, I did this and I did that. No, he did this and he did that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever pays the most money goes to church. No, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what I did that night. And I'm thankful for that group of Christians that got me started because I always put anything that's said in in my notes, uh, I highlight anything said by a Christian in green because a Christian is supposed to grow. I used to have the wordless book and green meant that Christians are supposed to grow and, and, and you do. I mean, you don't trust Christ and all of a sudden uh, understand you know, eschatology and the end times and it takes study. Study to show thyself approved, a lifetime of study. Again, that's why I love teaching because I get to concentrate in a way that I don't in any other format and uh, learn as I go. But but it's been 48 years that I, I, w- I trusted Christ in November. In less than a year, I was a Sunday school teacher and I pretty much... Uh, taught classes or Bible studies, except for a short, about maybe five years in the military, although I was very active after I got malaria in Panama, but maybe the first two years out in um, the 101st, I I got away from the Lord. But uh, after that near fatal experience with malaria in Panama, jungle warfare school, I I uh, I found a church. I said, God, please don't take me. Uh, there are things I want to do and uh, people I want to see. And uh, he, he blessed that. He chastened me. He corrected me, disciplined me, if you will, with the malaria. But I got the message. And, and I have not lived a perfect life since, and I won't live a perfect life. As Paul says in John uh, Romans chapter 7, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Well, he answers that question in Jesus Christ. And that's why I think we don't sin in heaven, because we're delivered from the flesh. That's my theory on that. Because trusting Christ did not mean I was all of a sudden you know, a perfect person that wanted to do everything right. But I'll tell you one thing that did was guaranteed and one thing that was consistent was when I didn't do what was right, God was right there to to get my attention and to bring me back in line, which he promises to do. He, he, he disciplines every uh, child that he receives. Hebrews chapter 12, something like that. Anyway, okay, so, uh, so we, we've got three different places in the book of John here, or three, two different times, and three different places. The first uh, half of John chapter 10 
is a continuation of the dialogue he was having with the people that uh, knew he healed the blind man. The second half of John is he comes back to Jerusalem uh, or or he, maybe he hasn't left. I don't know. It doesn't really say. It just says it was at Jerusalem. It doesn't record that he went back to Galilee or anything like that. So I think that's where, uh, that's what I said. I thought it was the last Passover because, I, anyway, John doesn't record that he goes back to Jerusalem, but I mean back to, to um, Galilee. But he does go back to Galilee in the book of John after his resurrection. That's where he sees Peter on the shore. He told him to go back to Galilee and that he would meet him there. And he, he sees him on the shore and, well, in fact, uh, Jesus is on the shore. Peter's in the boat. And Jesus calls out from the shore, uh, throw, your, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And so Peter wasn't having any luck, so he thought, well, I don't think he connected the dots yet, but, but when, he, when he couldn't bring in the net, he said, uh, this is deja vu all over again. I've been here, done this. This is the Lord. So he dove in the water, swam to the Lord. Jesus said, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And, uh, and that's where Peter finds out that he's going to die by crucifixion. But um, in not so many words, but they're going to stretch out your hands. And the way he responds to that is, what, what's going to happen to John? And then Peter says in his, in his epistles, his two epistles, that uh, in one of the two epistles that he knows that that uh, he's, his death is near because the Lord told him that how he was going to die. And, but he, it's very joyful. Both Paul and Peter's epistles written, one in, well, Peter's in first or second Peter, I guess it would be second Peter. And I'm going to guess it was in second Timothy where Paul says, I fought the good fight. But they're both marked by joy even though they're both going to be martyred. And by the way, the Greek word for martyr, uh, the, the Greek word for witness, when the word is witness, is translated in the Bible. Uh, if you look it up in the Greek, if you have that ability to do that, then you'll see that it's the word martyr. So I used to tell my students, you'd say, uh, so your mom would say, so what are you going to do tonight? So we're going to go witnessing. When the, when, the, when the people of the first century church did that, they were, they'd say, Mom, Mom say, where are you going tonight? Well, we're going, going to go out and martyr. And she'd go, I don't know, I don't think you're going to do that. But anyway, I don't know what she said. But uh, that tells you that uh, uh, discipleship, depending on, I, I say, depending on the time, has a cost. You know, I, I feel like I'm working in the 11th hour. I didn't bear the heat of the day. I didn't bear the first century persecution of the church and I'm not going to bear the the seven-year tribulation not appointed for wrath and I take great comfort in that but I am making these podcasts just in the in the thought that maybe they would be around for people that lost uh, the church um, of believers uh, were caught up into heaven and, and we went back to the Jewish time the 70th week of Daniel it's called and these guys come to Christ. I think it's a very evangelistic effort. When when Jesus, when God did the ten plagues in Egypt, very evangelistic. Many people all, all around the world knew that the God of Israel was the God. So, anyway, 
All right, so let's tackle John chapter 10. Here we go, John chapter 10. Jesus does most of the talking here, but uh, again, he's continuing with the same dialogue that he had with the people in, in, in chapter 9. Um, Jesus said unto them, John 9, 41, the last verse of John chapter 9, right before John chapter 10, if you, if you were blind, you would have no sin, but now you say you see, therefore your sin remaineth. Uh, verse 40 said, And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? And he basically says, uh, Yeah, you are. All right, because he could see what was inside of men. And he could see the believers and he could, see, he could know the ones that weren't. And we can by, by what they say. But, uh, all right, so we're going to go back to John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I, there's no break here. There's no, you know, now it's wintertime or something like that. So I think it's the same crowd and believers and unbelievers. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, in the United States, we don't uh, keep cattle the same way they do in Europe. When I say cattle, I mean livestock. Uh, we pretty much have ours out in, in fenced areas, and there's even some free range that I've seen in Wyoming in the last, I don't know, 15 years. My son went to Bible college in Wyoming, so I saw free range, which really got my attention, because you're driving a car, and you see a sign on the side of the road, and there's no cars. They didn't even have a gas station in the town where he lived. We had to drive 17 miles to get a tank of gas, and, and we're visiting him there. And uh, I see the sign that just really got my attention, free range. I slowed the car down. Didn't want to kill my family hitting a cow. But anyway, but back in this time, they would take their cattle out, their the livestock, sheep, whatever, goats, take their livestock out, and um, in the day, and they would they would eat during the day, they would graze during the day, and then the shepherd would bring them back, and they would sleep. Well, the way they did it in Germany when I was there, uh, in the military, um, we were playing some war games over there back in the early 80s, but um, they uh, they would, we would see these German towns that looked very picturesque, kind of like Bush Gardens, with the cross under the windows and the, the, the X boards under the windows. Anyway, it looked great from a distance, but boy, when you got near to it, you were overtaken by the, the, the stink of these farm animals that they would take out during the day and bring back at night. And they had the first floor of their house, which was kind of like a barn, at least the ones I saw. And they, the people lived above it. And these were mostly pigs is what they, they had there. But um, different livestock than, than what we have. I'm sure we have a ton of pigs in America too. Anyway, the United States. But um, So this is a, this is a uh, metaphor. Uh, Jesus is metaphorically identifies himself as he explains this metaphor that he is the door of the sheepfold. So let me go back to chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
he could be talking to the very people that were asking if they were uh, saved or lost at the end of John chapter 9. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth in by the door of the sheepfold. Let me read that again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He's not the shepherd. He's not, he's a crook. And he's talking to these Pharisees that are, that were asking him, are we, uh, Pharisees saying, are we blind also? Are we blind leaders of the blind? And uh, pretty much. They're the thieves and the robbers, I think, in this uh, metaphor. Um, okay, verse 2. But when the shepherd, when he that entereth in by the door, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Shepherd comes in by the door. To him the porter openeth the door. So the porter would be the night watchman, if you will, watching the sheep during the night and uh, protecting them from animals and I guess from thieves and robbers as well. Um, openeth, verse 3, to him, to the shepherd, the porter openeth the door and the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and the shepherd calleth his own sheep by name, which I think is kind of cool. I don't know that much about shepherding, but um, and leadeth them out. Um, one thing I do know, and I told you this before, but uh, man, it led me to the Lord. Uh, made a trip to uh, Israel finally. Uh, uh, made one trip to Jerusalem with a, a tour group, and and he's and I told you before, he and his wife were sitting in a cafe outdoors, having breakfast or something, and he saw these two shepherds, one coming east and one going west and they met right in front of in the field right in front of the uh, cafe and the sheep got all intertwined and they're just eating grass and and the shepherds are talking I guess as they're doing every day and then it was time to go the shepherds just and, and my friend thought how are they ever going to get these sheep to separate and the shepherd would just call call out to the sheep and they would they knew the shepherd's voice and they followed the shepherd so um, verse 3 to him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth them by name, and leadeth them out. You know, I like the fact that he's the, the shepherd is is leading, and not you know, running around trying to you know chase the sheep to follow him. The sheep follow the shepherd. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I think that's the key of discipleship. But uh, every now and then, I guess you got a rogue sheep that needs to go be found. But but I've been that rogue, rogue sheep. I think I was in Panama when I got malaria, but he definitely uh, got my attention. I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I've heard that what a, a shepherd will do, a sheep that, a, a lamb that keeps getting lost or running away, he will, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I thought it was kind of interesting, kind of like I got malaria. He'll break the, 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 the leg of the sheep, which I know from my family that, that were in the ranch business in Nebraska, uh, that's the end of a very expensive animal. If it's a if it's a breeding bull, it could be tens of thousands of dollars. And I'm talking 40 years ago, so no telling what they cost now. But but uh, you'd have to put that animal down if it broke its leg. It just doesn't have the wisdom of a dog that will stay off if it's bad leg. Uh, it weighs too much. Anyway, 
you, the, the shepherd would break the, the lamb's leg and then wear it around his neck until it healed. Because the lamb probably not smart enough to stay off of it. And, uh, but it would heal and, uh, and the lamb would be fine. I just thought that was interesting. God got my attention when I got malaria in Panama and I came back and, and I started, that was in 79 and, and 80, end of 82, I, I resigned from the military as soon as possible and went to Bible college and no regrets about those decisions. Anyway, um, okay, so verse four. And when the shepherd putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, and they know his voice. Verse 5. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from the, the stranger, and they know not the voice of strangers, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not the things they were they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. So parables, unless they're explained by Christ, are probably not really where you want to go to teach um, principles. In fact, the, the, the disciples asked, why do you teach these people? Remember, these are people that are lost, robbers and thieves pretty much at this point, uh, at least at the end of chapter 9. And... Um, the disciples asked him at one time, why do you teach in parables? And he said, it's, it's not really to reveal truth. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, I'll speak unto them in parables. Uh, to you, I'm going to not speak to you in parables. But anyway, it's always a good thing when, when Jesus, uh, and I'm not saying we can't learn from parables. We can, but it takes some study because they're not really that, that revealing. But when he, Jesus explains them, like he's the door. I would have thought he was the shepherd. But he explains it here. Uh, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again. And I, I think these are the, the Pharisees that don't believe. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. To steal and to kill and to destroy. Just great poetry here. Uh, I am, I am, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. So he's both the door of the sheep and the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling, just out, just getting paid, and not the shepherd, who's, let's say this, whose ministry is a business and treats it that way, whose own the sheep are not, Seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Now David, call David a shepherd, would not be a metaphor. He was a shepherd. And he killed a lion, I would assume it was a mountain lion, and a, a bear. I think he did it with a slingshot, shot, like he did Goliath. But he was definitely not a hireling. He was a man after God's own heart. A hireling fleeth, 
And I don't have any idea what I would do if I saw a sheep or a, a bear, I mean a lion or a bear coming to my sheep. I, I'm, I'm not sure I would. I might act like a hireling. But uh, anyway. And careth not for the sheep. Hopefully I, I will. I remember one time I, uh, my, my, I got between, it's kind of a long story, but we were, we were getting off our boat on a canal that I grew up on. I was just taking my boys out when they were little. And I was climbing up. We were close to the to the ocean, and I was climbing up uh, the bank. We parked the boat, tied it off. I got out of the boat, was coming up the bank, and and I just was face to face with a very angry pit bull looking animal that looked like he we were going to fight. And I had my pocket knife out so quickly I couldn't believe it how quickly I was and I don't know the, the an angel stepped in I'm not sure what happened but we did not fight but that dog was going to leave some DNA I know that for sure and uh, probably I think I would have won that fight but I fortunately I didn't have to fight that dog all right so um, okay I am the good shepherd verse 14 and know my sheep and am known of mine. I think I kind of know Jesus. And I don't call him like the guy that got one talent and buried it. You're a thief. You're a robber. You don't reap where you sow. People say, well, that guy was a believer. Really? It says here the believers know the shepherd. I don't think the guy was a believer, but that's just mine. And, in fact, he's cast into outer darkness. So I don't think there's any outer darkness. God is the light of heaven, and I don't think there's any outer darkness. But if you want to, you know, and again, that's a parable, so we should probably not teach doctrine from parables unless they're explained by, by God. But again, he's talking to lost people here that uh, don't want to believe in him. They're going to, in a, in a couple of months at least, pick up stones to stone him when he comes back to Jerusalem and are upset with him because he healed on the Sabbath, two Passovers in a row. All right. So, um, okay, um, as the Father knoweth me, even so I, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So he is a good, good shepherd. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Um, I taught world history for many years, and it was one of the subjects I taught. And um, it, uh, it's a holy Catholic and apostolic church, the, uh, a church established by the apostles, Catholic meaning universal. He's going to talk about the local church here, and I think he's going to talk about the, uh, or at least what we would call the local church. Uh, he's taught, calling them uh, folds of, of uh, sheep. But um, anyway, and other shepherds I have which are, not of this fold, them also I bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. So we have the universal church, uh, which is the church you join when you trust Christ as your Savior, and then you got the local church that would be, you know, the people that, I don't know, help you in times of needs. They sure have helped me in times of needs that I've had, especially the death of my wife. I owe my church so much for how they looked after us and and uh, 
helped in that very much time of need of my life. And, and one of the things that made it such a time of need was my mother-in-law was still alive. She was 90 years old, but she was still alive. And that was hard. Because there's kind of an unwritten contract. When they give you your wife you uh, at the wedding, you know, you give them, you know, they, they don't have to bury them. But of course that does happen and it's happened to friends of mine and and uh, <laughs> anyway it happened to me but my church stepped in for sure okay um all right so again he's prophetically jumping over to the church age whatever he's that's unusual that he does that but uh, he usually jumps over to the, the the tribulation but but other sheep i have which are not of this fold them also I bring I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd so when does he bring them when does he bring the church uh, that would be at the uh, Battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation uh, when he defeats Satan and then we have the, uh, the judgment of the nations and Satan is cast in the lake of fire and uh, so are the unbelievers that didn't help his brethren during the tribulation because they were not believers. And the ones that were believers, they live on into the millennium. That's, I would call that the, uh, I guess, the fourth judgment. The first judgment was Christ on the cross. The next three are all during the seven-year tribulation. The, the judgment seat of Christ Marriage Feast of the Lamb, different names for the same thing. It's kind of a really nice uh, thing going on for the church in heaven. Uh, and some of the church did work during the you know, heat of the day. I don't feel like I did. I'm one of those guys that didn't have to bear the heat of the day. But, um, but uh, okay, and then the, the other one is the judgment of, of Israel of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists and all the believers. And Israel does come to Christ during this time. When the Antichrist offers sacrifice in the new temple he's just built at the three and a half year mark, Jesus says, run for your lives. And he does that in the Gospels, by the way, because um, he's always jumping over the church. So, um, anyway, other sheep I have. So I'm one of those other sheep. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again, which he did. He, he was dead in the tomb for three days, and he took it up again. And we'll do the same thing. Our body will be dead, and it will come together again. We will see corruption. He didn't. But ours will you know, go back to dust, and, and, and the sea will give up its dead. And I, trust me, they're all, they're all gone there. But God can do that. He spoke Adam out of the dust of the earth before he created the whole world by his spoken word. God said, God said, read. God, his name is listed 30-something times in the first chapter of Genesis. God said, God said, God said. Anyway, he spoke everything into existence. Unless you don't want to believe that, and that's your business. But what else do you not believe? Anyway, um, I, I, I don't find it logically, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Tenable. How about that? Light, uh, logically tenable to believe parts of the Bible and not believe all of it. 
I'm not saying it's all literal, but if it's the morning and evening were the first day, sound like on day one he created the heaven and the earth and light, and the morning and evening were the first day. So it sounds like the earth is spinning in the void of heaven, and he makes the sun, moon, and stars on, on day four, and uh, you can believe whatever you want. But if it makes sense, I'm going for it. If it, A lot of things don't make sense to some people, but anyway. I'm not saying I completely understand how he spoke. It doesn't quite follow the laws of physics to speak. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. That's the first law of thermodynamics. But it, uh, but modern physics notes that, that matter can become energy, and that's what's going on in the sun in fusion, and also goes on at, at power plants where, they, where they're dividing fission, they're dividing atoms. All right, uranium usually, I guess, or plutonium or whatever it is. Okay, um, let's see here. Um, therefore doth the Father, therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me. So, you know, just, I, I consider that he, I killed him. He died for my sins, so I might as well hammer the nails in his hand. But I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father, to lay down my life and to take it up again on the third day. And there was division, therefore, again, among the Jews, the same division that was just going on again. And the division is some believe and some don't. Verse 19, And there was division, therefore, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil. That is the ultimate blasphemy to say that. And is mad. You got liar, lunatic, or lord. So they're going with lunatic or evil possessed person. The only other option is lord. Good man is not an option. And many of them said, He hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Because some of them are obviously listening. And others, maybe other Pharisees in the audience and other Jews, there are not, these are not the words of him that hath the devil. That's a pretty dogmatic statement. These are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? He just did that. So this is the same crowd that had divisions earlier or in the chapter nine before it, but it could be the same day in my opinion. Now verse 22 marks a, a, is a, a little leap of time here. It goes from the fall to the winter. John chapter 10 verse 22, and it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication and it was winter. The feast of the dedication as I looked it up is today known as Hanukkah. It was not one of the uh, pilgrimage feasts but if it's happening at, at, at winter, when you've got the Passover in the springtime, it was uh, getting close to the, the, the pilgrimage feasts. Uh, it was, could have been just right before the, the pilgrimage feasts, the Feast of Booths and uh, Pentecost and uh, Passover. Uh, the Jews 
And okay, verse verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, also known as Hanukkah, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So the temple has different you got the the court of the Gentiles and you got Solomon's porch and you got the temple proper and then you got the holiest of holies which is only gone into one time a year by the high priest to shake blood on the on the mercy seat and the uh, at the time uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant inside the holiest of holies not a good idea to open it up and look inside that happened during David's time I'll let you lead read first and second Samuels to read about that all right um, Okay, Jesus walked in the temple of Solomon's porch. So now he's come back to Jerusalem. I don't know if he went down to the Jordan or he could have been in a suburb of Jerusalem or he could have been in Jerusalem all this time. And, and, and John just jumps into the winter, jumps a season ahead. Anyway, Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. He's not hiding. And then came, and this is, this is just months before his, the end of his life. Then the Jews, because the, fe the, the feast of the, the pilgrimage feast take months to, to accomplish. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Okay. Uh, again, I think God appreciates honesty. And for all I know, some of these people buy his answer. But maybe not. Let's see what Jesus has to say in verse 25. Jesus answered them, the unbelieving, I would assume Pharisees, leaders of the Jews in the temple, I told you, and you believe not. He's been doing a lot of work in the temple, healing blind people, talking uh, to them. Uh, I have told you and you believe, you believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck, out my, pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And the Jews of the temple of Solomon's porch took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered and said unto him, saying, For good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin, is not to believe in Jesus Christ. 
because the sin, John chapter 16, came to, came to seek the Spirit when He comes, shall reprove the world of sin, of three things, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, the Holy Spirit will prove the world of sin because they believe not on me. That is the unpardonable, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, is to get you to believe. And if you don't believe, and you should know whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, or what you believe in addition to, to the Savior, I, I just simply say thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross. And I represent those that, that, that hear his voice and, and know him. At any rate, um, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered and said, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered and said, Is it not written in your law, I said unto you, You are gods? Now this is the word theos. And without the definite article, which they have, and which I learned doing these podcasts, uh, that I I, th- I thought there were, I thought there was the indefinite article a or an a god or an holy god or whatever a god the indefinite article, and there was the definite article the god. Well, there is the definite article in both the Hebrew and the Greek, and the word the. When you read that in the Bible, it's it's not been added, it's the definite article, which is definite art. The God. That's a title of, of God Almighty. To them, gods, lesser gods, you know, made in the image of God, lowercase g here, but again, that there are, can't go with the case because that's the Greek and the Hebrew were all uppercase. So that's a translator's Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What is this? There are there is the God, one God. Hear, O Israel, Lord thy God is one God. And if you want to take me to task on the deity of Christ, you're a trinity, I'm a trinity, you're a body, soul, and spirit, so am I. We're created in the image of God. And I'm just going to accept that that is, that God became a man. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods, the, the writers here, of, of, if the prophet said, and I'm not sure where it's written that in your law that you are gods. If it's in the law, if it's in the Torah, it would be Moses. For Moses called them gods, unto whom the word of God came. We call them prophets, but it's lowercase g. And the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified, set apart, that would be his son, and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because I said I am the Son of God. And whenever I read I am, I like to pause. So I'm going to read that again. Thou blasphemous, you, you say that, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified or set apart and sent into the world, thou blasphemous because I said I am the Son of God. 
If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. These are the guys that, that have seen Jesus heal in a temple on the Sabbath twice of blindness. No, once of cripple. Once a guy couldn't walk and the other time, or, or in Jerusalem anyway, the pool of Siloam, and the next time in the temple. Peter's going to heal a, a, a lame man in the temple in, in, in the not too distant future. And, uh, it, but he's going to start his public ministry that lasts for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. But if I do, if I do not the works of my Father, verse 37, believe me not, but if I do the works of my Father, though you believe not me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So these miracles could help you. I didn't see any miracles. I believed because I, I just liked the gospel of the grace of God. It's a free gift. It's not for sale. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, he offered it to whosoever. I said, this is for me. Verse 39. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. So it's hard to talk to these people. And uh, I'm sure there's not everything that was done is written in the Bible. It, it tells us that clearly. Uh, so he, he, he's given these people chances after chances. And... Uh, if I were you, I would take uh, advantage of the chances I have because you've got no guarantee on tomorrow. And verse 40, And went away again beyond Jordan. This is, I've already read this to you, but I'm going to finish with this. So after this, he, after they tried to take him and he escaped out of their hand, uh, then went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. And there Jesus abode and many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracles, but all things that John spake of this man were true. So these are, these are believers in, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's the testimony of John the Baptist. And many believed on him there, out in the wilderness along the Jordan River, which is fresh water, so it's not desert wilderness, but... Anyway, I'm sure they had food and, and you know, catch a fish and whatever. Um, food and raiment therewith be content. And Jesus was and his disciples were content with that. Paul's always asking Timothy to bring a coat. Food and raiment. Paul was content with food and raiment. All right, well, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, you can listen to it again uh, if you want. Um, I don't know. But, um, okay, I'm going to say... Adios, which is the more long-term goodbye. Uh, but the short-term goodbye, it means to God. Adios means to God. And via condios is more of the short-term uh, see, uh, see around. Uh, but it is go with God, which I don't like to say see you because I don't know if I will. Even, if, even in my class, I would say you know, go with God or to God not wanting to say see you tomorrow because I'm not going to boast on tomorrow. If the Lord wills, I'll make another podcast.
tomorrow or the next day. All right. Vaya con Dios.